0: Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushville. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Soundprints for the week of July 9, 2017. We'll begin with a couple of announcements from around ACB. First, Kelly Gask posted a couple of days ago the following information Wyden Boozman Brown pushed for tactile feature on-paper currency for Americans who are blind or visually impaired, Washington, D.C. U.S. Senators Ron Wyden, Democrat, Oregon, John Boosman, Republican, Arkansas, and Sherrod Brown, Democrat from Ohio, Today pushed for the United States to begin producing paper currency that includes tactile features to allow Americans who are blind or visually impaired to quickly differentiate between different monetary values. In a letter to the director of the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, the senators noted that there are more than 180 countries that issue paper money. But the United States alone continues to print currency in identical sizes and colors. Without the ability to tell different bills apart by touch, Americans who are blind or visually impaired have more difficulty using cash to make purchases. Quote It is paramount that all Americans are able to engage in commerce, including the approximately 24.7 million Americans experiencing difficulty seeing, even when wearing their glasses or contacts, end quote, the Senator said. Quote, Accordingly, we would like to inquire into the status, cost, and timeline for implementation of tactile features on Federal Reserve notes. Quote. Courts ordered the U.S. Treasury Department in 2008 to provide quote, meaningful access to paper currency for Americans who are blind or visually impaired. In 2011, the Treasury Department outlined three steps the Department would take to create better accessibility, including a raised tactile feature to allow visually impaired persons to differentiate currency by touch. The Treasury Department set a target date for beginning to issue bills with a tactile feature by 2020, but has since said it is years behind schedule The contacts in the Senators' offices, should you wish to call them, are Sam Offerdahl, O-F-F-E-R-D-A-H-L, for Sen. Wyden, 202-224-5039, Patrick Creamer, C-R-E-A-M-E-R, for Sen. Boozman, 202-224-4843, and Jenny Donahue, D-O-N-O-H-U-E, And Rachel Petri, P-E-T-R-I, for Senator Brown, 202-224-3978. Another announcement posted by Kelly Gask on HCB Leadership and announced on Thursday, July 6, is entitled, Eric Bridges to Join AIRA Advisory Board. And it reads as follows, Hello, friends of I R A. I'm fortunate to share yet another addition to IRA's growing advisory board, Eric Bridges. Eric is a prominent advocate for the use of technology to improve independence and accessibility. In fact, he played a major role in the passage of the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act of 2010, which paved the way for advancements in accessible mobile communications like those leveraged through IRA. As a member of our board, he'll continue to shape IRA's approach to using technology to break barriers to access. I invite you all to read and share our article about this appointment. From Susan Kanaganti, K-A-N-U-G-A-N-T-I, phone 858-876-2472 or info at AIRA.com. I O. The 72nd KSB Alumni Association Conference and Reunion is coming up on August 4 and 5 at the Ramada Inn on Zorn Avenue in Louisville. The pre-registration information and form have been mailed. If you have not received reunion information and you would like a packet, please contact us As soon as possible at 502-897-1472 and we'll be happy to put one in the mail to you. Here are some details about the reunion. Kick off the weekend with our traditional barbecue at 6 p.m. on Friday evening, August 4. It'll feature lots of yummy picnic food. Jackie Williams, the new principal at the Kentucky School for the Blind, will be our special guest, and she'll update us about activities at the school and take a look at what's in store for the 2017-2018 school year. KSB turned 175 this year, and we've been celebrating all year long the party isn't over yet. After dinner and after you meet Principal Jackie Williams, join in the KSB name game for fun and prizes. Form a team with three friends or let us assign you to a team and see how many students and staff you can identify from KSB's past. Prizes awarded to the team with the most points. Breakfast on Saturday morning is complimentary in the breakfast area adjacent to the lobby for those who stay overnight at the hotel. If you're not staying at the hotel, the alumni will have those great busman's donuts along with juice and coffee in the ballroom beginning at 9 a.m. With over 175 years and a big building that looked like a castle, with staff and students from all parts of Kentucky and from many other states, KSB has a rich heritage that isn't always recorded in a formal history. Michael Hudson, director of the museum at the American Printing House, will share KSB's secrets and little-known facts in the ballroom at 1030. It's free, but registration is required. Lunch is at noon. Tickets are available from registration and the business meeting and elections will take place at 1 p.m. The memorial service is always a special part of the reunion, and it's our chance to share memories of alumni, KSB staff, and friends who've passed away since we were last together. The memorial service will begin at 3 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. Plan to attend our Tribute to Will banquet. Choice of meats, vegetables, salad, and dessert. Relive Will's accomplishments and how he touched our lives. Share in this opportunity to recognize our special classes as certificates and pens are presented to alumni from the 2007, 1992, 1967, 1957, 1947, and 1942 classes. KSB Alumni Treasure CDs are also available. In 2014, the Alumni History Project issued its first limited edition Treasure CD. It featured the 1969 KSB Band Chorus and Piano Spring Recital. The 2015 Treasure CD celebrated the alumni's 70-year history in song. 2016 was the 30th anniversary of the Study Hall Blues album, a production directed by Dr. David Hume and Rick Ricks and featuring performances by KSB students, staff, and alumni. The 2016 Treasure CD included the album and additional audio notes. The 2017 Alumni Treasure CD celebrates the 175 years. Year anniversary of KSB. May 9 was Founders Day, and over 200 people attended an amazing tribute to the school and its rich heritage. Receive your own personal copy of the Founders Day program by becoming a white, red, or blue sponsor for the 2017 alumni reunion. What a great way to relive a fabulous night of tributes and memories! What an opportunity to share in the evening if you were unable to attend in person. Get lots more information about the reunion and the ways you can support the alumni by giving us a call at 502-897-1472. Mac and Bob were students at the Kentucky School for the Blind around 1915. After leaving school, they shared their musical talent on the radio in Knoxville, Tennessee, and in Chicago. Mac and Bob were almost forgotten until Michael Hudson at the APH Museum rediscovered them while researching the 175th anniversary of KSB. Mac and Bob will be featured in the upcoming APH Bards and Storytellers series on July 29. Get a sneak preview of this program on page 2. Did you get to hear part or all of the ACB convention broadcast last week on ACB radio? Exciting speakers bringing us news of great advances in technology. News from the National Library Service and a visit with Madeline Bizard, talking book narrator from the American Printing House, and Norma Jean Wick, audio describer from the 2016 Olympics. You can hear these and many other presentations by visiting www.acbradio.org. But did you hear the elections on Thursday? This was the year to elect officers, and things went as expected for President, the Vice Presidents, Secretary, and Treasurer. Then, in true ACB style, the fun began. Two director positions, the first with two candidates and the second with four, and a board of publications position with two candidates, kept things lively. Listen in on page three and find out how things turned out. And on page four is the Sound Prince calendar. Page two I have three guests with me on the line today. I have Mike Hudson, who's the director of the museum at the American Printing House for the Blind. And with him are Tom and Kathy Arnold, who many of us know from all kinds of musical performances and wonderful folk music over the years. They've performed both, of course, at local and state. Functions and they play all over Louisville, but also um, they've been on the performing arts showcase at the A C B convention before. And with that convention just winding up, um, it's kind of a great time to to welcome them again into Sound Prints. So welcome everybody. We're going to be talking about a neat program coming up at the American Printing House for the Blind. And Mike, I'm going to just let you kick it off and tell us about what this program is and when, and then Kathy and Tom are going to be part of that program, so they're going to give us a little a little teaser as to what we're going to hear at APH at the end of July. So, Mike, why don't you begin?
1: Sure. Thanks, Carla. We're really excited to be here. And uh, so we're talking about a program that's going to be on July 29th, Saturday, uh, from 1 to 3, and it's part of our Bards and Storytellers series that celebrates kind of traditions of singing songwriting and performance inside the blind community and 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 we're we're excited uh because we're celebrating a couple of guys that almost no one today has even heard of but in their day they were quite famous and of course i'm talking about mac and bob uh mac was a lester mcfarland and his partner was robert gardner mac and bob so so uh mac was from gray kentucky down in knox county And uh, Bob, we're not really sure how he ended up at the Kentucky School for the Blind because he was from Oliver Springs, Tennessee, and uh, they met at KSB uh, around 1916. Of course, back then, music education at at, uh, the Kentucky School for the Blind was extremely rigorous. They had just as many music teachers as they had literary teachers, and uh, these guys end up graduating from from KSB and uh, went out into the world and. And uh, Mac was an accomplished pianist, and uh, played the cornet and the trombone, the guitar and the mandolin, and Bob made a living as a piano tuner, and supposedly had perfect pitch. And so they started playing around, and, and uh, by the 1920s they were a pretty popular duo on the vaudeville circuit, and uh, managed to get their way onto the radio down in Knoxville and started recording. And eventually came to the attention of the folks who were putting together the uh, National Barn Dance Program on uh, WNLS in Chicago. And by 1935, they were one of the most popular uh, duos anywhere in the country. Um, and so we stumbled across these guys a few uh, months ago uh, at the museum while we were working on the uh, the uh, 175th anniversary of Kentucky School for the Barn. And... Um, Thought, wow, that would be great, but but who do we know that can imitate these two guys? And so, of course, we immediately thought of Tom and Kathy Arnold, who uh, they were on the Bards and Storytellers series a few years ago. And uh, and so, uh, Tom and uh, and Kathy, uh, what did you all think? Uh, uh, we'll start with you, Kathy. What did you think when we came to you and said, "Hey, try to imitate these two guys from the early twentieth century"?
2: Well, I was excited about the challenge at first, but then when we started listening to all the songs, my first thought was, how are we going to learn all these
3: songs?
2: (laughs) Because we didn't know any of them, or we were familiar with a couple of tunes, but the words were different. And um, so, yeah, that, that, that was a challenge. But then the more we started listening to the songs and just uh bringing breaking the songs down like maybe learning one or two songs a day or something or you know just instead of just trying to listen to the whole cds and all the songs uh, then we we found that it was we thought well yeah this this will work i think we can do this
1: so tom what did you um what were the challenges uh to uh for the instruments and the harmony?
4: Well, the unique thing that I uh, find, and at least when, when I uh, did these songs, when Kathy and I did them, is um, uh, the way Kathy and I work is Kathy and I uh, work, um, I play do a lot of the instruments and the arranging, and of course Kathy will be playing with me on these two. but um, in putting this project together, um, Kathy would sing, and then I would play, and then I'd, I would think to myself, how can I arrange these songs in a contemporary uh, way, which would, would make the songs uh, more singable in, in our day? And that was my challenge and, and, and the challenge that I had was trying to do that. And so um, I thought it was unique and I'm uh, glad that I have been given that, uh, the opportunity to do that. So.
1: so you guys are going to play a song for us. Uh, what, won't you tell us, who wants to talk about what you're going to play?
4: We're going to do a song called "Just Playing Folks and um, and I'm going to do uh, a sing a verse and then Kathy is going to join me on the chorus of the song uh, just to, to teach you a little bit about what we're going to do in the program and just to, uh, um, <clears throat> briefly, uh, the song is about uh, a couple who uh, come to a mansion to visit their son who has gone uh, his own way and basically uh, forsaken his parents' way of life. His parents are just plain folks, and they don't feel like they uh, fit into his type of lifestyle. It, it's, uh, um, <clears throat> so that's, that's what the song is about. It's, uh, actually, it's kind of a sad song, but it's actually, uh, I find this uh, to be apparent in a lot of generations, is that um, maybe in doing a song like this, it will kind of remind us some, uh, how we need to uh, bring generations together. And a little bit of song. nostalgia yeah. exactly
1: and I Kathy you like, said that um a lot of their songs were sad or some of them were pretty pretty yeah, sad
2: some
1: of them were yes tell, tell talk about the one you you thought the was one, the saddest the
2: songs that we didn't choose and the one that i thought was the saddest was the title was i wish i had died in my cradle <laughs> <laughs> so good and, country uh, music yeah they're really good good country music songs and But some of them, I mean, I I like them, and, you know, we've got some good arrangements of these, so why don't we go ahead and start just singing the the verse and a chorus of just plain
1: folks? That'd be great.
4: To a mansion in the city came a couple, old and gray. You greet their son who left so long ago he was wealthy and had prospered he was in fact it was one of pop and show but coldly did he greet them Rich friends were by his side, who told them tales of home that were so grand. But the old man sadly looked at him, and full of must pride as he gently took his dear wife by the hand.
3: We are just plain folks your mother and me just plain folks like the old folks used to be let the scene we greet you we will go
2: Yeah, you tell we're still working on it. it's good great. Not July 29th,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's fun music, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's fun. It we love it. So how um, how uh, I mean the the harmony, Mac and Bob's harmony is kind of their that's their signature, right? Right. Exactly. Is it? It's a very tight harmony. hmm And uh, I I know that we're going to learn more about this uh, because we we've got a a uh, music historian named Tom Adler, and Tom was the, uh, he was the founding director of the Bluegrass Museum out in Owensboro, and so he's going to be there with us on the 29th to kind of fill us in on what, on the influence that Mac and Bob had on all of country music, and that's, that's one of the things I, I found most exciting about this story was that uh, uh, here were these two guys from very rural parts of our state in Tennessee who went to the Kentucky School for the Blind and then went on to really influence almost every uh, folk duo, uh, country duo, bluegrass musician in the in the middle of the 20th century. Um, so I'm excited about that. We
2: are too. Yeah.
1: So did you guys um, uh, have another song you wanted uh, wanted sure, to, wanted to, to did try, did try. try? So Rocky yeah. Mountain Rose. Yeah, this is
2: um, some of these songs. I don't think that they wrote all these songs. I'm, I'm thinking that they—they are 19th century songs, so they were probably songs that were sung at that in that time period that were, you know, big hits at that time.
1: And this is, you know, obviously, popular music is yeah. is much different in the 1920s than popular music is today. Exactly right you could have a hit with two guys and a
2: guitar (laughs) yeah i wish you could do that now okay we
1: didn't
4: have karaoke back then
2: yeah right you got the intro
3: (laughs) Tom.
0: Nice.
1: Wow.
3: <laughs>
0: didn't
2: make a mistake on that one too much. <laughs> no, it,
1: that's wonderful. That, yes. That's good music, no matter.
2: It's beautiful. I no matter
1: when that. you're talking about
2: today but or yesterday. The difference is though. I mean, I love their music, but they kind of sang it a lot faster. Like you know, like Rocky Mountain Rose. How I love you. You will live forever in my heart. I mean, I mean, they didn't really even pause. Much between the uh, <laughs> phrases. They
0: you couldn't take a breath?
2: Right through a song, you know.
4: And, and in, and in uh, the song, just plain folks, it was it, to a mansion, old, to a mansion in the city came a couple, old and gray, to the greet their son who left so long ago. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Okay. Kind of fast and. Yeah. It, it have the sentimentality uh, that those songs can have you know yeah
0: so how how then um do you have cd copies of their performances did you were you able to get, get those to from katie, somewhere
2: mike katie katie carpenter uh mailed us two cds and we went we went through the cds listened to them several times
5: uh-huh.
2: to see which songs we thought would fit the kind of music that we like to do
0: mm-hmm Okay, so so you actually do have um, copies of a, of their performance that you were able to obtain, Mike, from somewhere. Yeah,
1: there's still a pair of CDs uh, uh, that are out there you can get on Amazon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, originally, of course, all of their music was released on 78 RPM records uh-huh. um, on the uh, Brunswick label and then Lady on the Conqueror label. Mm-hmm. Those are two big labels all of us are familiar with, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, um, and, and they published a lot of their music as sheet music. Yeah, and here's a right. cool thing uh, for, for our community, and that's that uh, Mac and Bob used Braille. Yeah. They, uh, they were masters of the Braille music code, and so when they were writing their music, uh, we understand that they wrote them in Braille. And uh, when they were trying to learn new music, they would, uh, they would have to first transpose uh, sheet music if they were recording somebody else's work. They would have to transpose it into Braille so that they okay. could learn it first. Okay. And, uh, um, you know, that's uh, we're always excited to hear about Braille users and, and Braille music code.
0: Right. So they, so they actually uh, wrote their music in Braille. Now, of course, a lot of, a lot of uh, um, people think that, you know, KSB didn't really start teaching Braille uh, seriously until about 1930. So how are they doing this in Braille?
1: Sure. Here's a little-known thing about the War of the Dots. Okay. you got to talk about the War of the Dots on your program, right? Carl?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, we uh, might want to revisit that some, too. Uh, yeah, the New York Point Code, which was being taught at uh, KSB instead of Braille at that point, right. um, its music code was not very good. Oh, I bet. I can't imagine. And so almost every imagine. school that taught New York Point for literary uh, use, uh-huh. at the same time they were teaching Louis Braille's original music code to to learn music.
0: Really, how neat!
1: Because yeah. his music code was perfect.
0: Yes, well, and now they don't teach it at all. Isn't that sad?
1: Well, <laughs> it's something we need to do something about, Carla.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, that's another story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> But, but this is really cool. Now, tell us about the um, program. Tell us when it is and uh, how people can get signed up to come. Sure. And just all of that good detail Absolutely.
1: stuff. So it's uh, our Bards and Story- Storytellers program, uh, Celebrating Mac and Bob, Rediscovering Mac, Mac and Bob is what we call it. It's going to be on Saturday, July 29th uh, from 1 to 3 p.m. at the museum at 1839 Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. Uh to register and we do ask that you register. So we uh, uh sometimes these programs do sell out and we don't have enough room for everybody, so we ask that everybody registers. And uh, you can either call uh at eight nine nine two two one three. That's eight nine nine two two one three, or you can email K Carpenter at APH dot K at aph.org. Kcarpenter at aph.org.
0: This is going to really be a very fun, Bards and Storytellers, and can't wait for it to happen. I know Kathy and Tom, you all will do a great job of introducing, helping to introduce us to some of this cool music that we haven't heard, that hasn't been heard for a long, 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 long time. because we can sing at other
2: places and pass their music on, yeah. and it will it, yeah. never die. How really-
0: neat totally discovered some new musicians and just when we all thought we were so smart and we knew about all of them you know here comes some more so (laughs) so well thank you all so much we appreciate you being on sound prints as always and mike you know that when you have neat programs coming up you just call and let us know we're always glad to feature the museum on sound prints thanks carla thank you very much carla thanks tom and kathy
6: APH offers a growing collection of accessible mobile apps, and some are free. These apps feature content such as mathematics practice, braille practice, enhanced navigation, and fun stickers for messages. Some apps are designed for iOS, while others are compatible with Android. Learn more about mobile apps from the American Printing House for the Blind at www.aph.org products mobile hyphen apps. APH's Nearby Explorer is a full featured GPS app for iOS and Android devices that empowers users to travel with confidence. It uses GPS and your phone's compass to speak real-time information about your surroundings, including millions of points of interest in the U.S. and Canada. Nearby Explorer is available on Google Play and on the App Store.
5: Page three. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, ACB Radio. Well, you are the ones who get the extra gold star. Our agenda does say that we're supposed to do something right around ten o'clock today. I think we're supposed to have an election. So back here to refresh your memories from. Uh, Monday morning is the Chair of our Nominations Committee, Mitch
7: Pomerantz. President Charleston has asked me uh, if I would commence or if I would uh, run the election for President, so I will commence to doing that. Nominations are now open from the floor for the position of President. Are there any other nominations? Are there any other nominations? Third time, are there any other nominations? We have a motion to cease nominations uh, and a second to and to elect uh Kim Charlson as President of the American Council of the Blind. All those in favor signify by saying aye. aye. Opposed. Congratulations, President Charlson. Thank you everyone,
5: Um, I'm humbled by a vote of acclamation. Your support means so much to me and I'm looking forward to continuing the work of ACB over the next two years. For the position of first vice president, the name of Dan Spoon is in nomination. I think motion is being made to close nominations and cast a ballot um, acclamation for Dan Spoon. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Congratulations Dan Spoon. Dan are you at a mic perhaps? I am
7: madam
1: president. Oh
5: very good. That's the first time as first vice president I've asked for you to be there and you were there so (laughs) this is a good record.
7: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I just want to say thank you so much to this humble body, I, I really appreciate it, I promise I will work as hard as I can to serve the American Council of the bon-
3: <laughs>
7: and I would be remiss if I did not thank my lovely wife, Leslie, uh, Absolutely, and my parents who are listening to ACB
5: Radio, Pat and Bill Spoon. For the office of second vice president, the name of John McCann has been placed in nomination. A motion's been made to close nominations and cast a ballot by acclamation for John McCann. (laughs) And it's been duly seconded. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Congratulations, John.
8: Thank you so very, very much. It has truly been an honor and a privilege to have served on the board in an officer capacity for the past two years We have a stellar board. I don't think the people here totally recognize how awesome the board is. It's a pleasure to serve with them. It'll be my pleasure to uh, adjust dinner times for another two years. Thank you to my partner Emily and her mom Alice. They do more than I can say or acknowledge in the short time here, which I've already extended the short time, so they're my support, and I love all of you. Take care.
5: For the position of secretary, the name of Ray Campbell has been placed in nomination. Motion has been made and duly seconded to close nominations and cast a, a ballot of acclamation for Ray Campbell for secretary. All those in favor, say aye. Aye. Opposed? Congratulations, Ray.
9: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, ACB, for this vote of confidence. It was my honor four years ago to have this kid from Winnebago County, Illinois break the glass ceiling and become the first male secretary. And I look forward to continue working with you over the next two years um, to keep the record accurate so that you know what this board and our organization is up to to benefit all of you and citizens who are blind or visually impaired. Thank you very much, and go Cubs!
5: For the Office of Treasurer, the name of David Trott has been placed in nomination. I am taking a leap that you would like to have a motion that was seconded to cast a unanimous ballot of acclamation for David Trott. All those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed? Congratulations, David.
8: Thank you, ACB, for the opportunity to serve you in a new capacity. But what really means a lot to me is to see what you give to ACB when you go home. The donations that you give, the in-kind donations that you give with hours, volunteer hours that we now track, these are vital to our organization, and I would be remiss as your new treasurer if I didn't remind you how important these duties that you have are. Also, I would be remiss if I didn't thank my calendar and my other half, my wife, Linda Trot, for keeping me straight and on the path. Thank you so much.
5: That was kind of easy, right? Thank you. I think things might just get a little more interesting as we proceed, so are you ready for that? Yeah. All right. With the election of Dan Spoon to the Office of First Vice President and David Trott to the Office of Treasurer, there are now two vacancies on the ACB Board of Directors. I am going to approach those two positions. In alphabetical order by the names of the gentlemen who were in those positions. So Dan Spoon's position, which has three years remaining, will come up first. And then followed by this position vacated by David Drott, his term had one year remaining. Let me just review some of the rules because things are going to get interesting and we need to be organized and we need to listen to instructions um, all throughout this process. In a few moments, I will be opening the floor for nominations for the first position. During the process, while we're taking nominations, identifying whose speakers will be and that sort of thing before, and, and having speeches, as I presume there, were, there could be and may be speeches. Um, that, will, that will move along. When we are finished with that portion, we then start the process, if there is a contested race, of distribution of paper ballots. Once the distribution of paper ballots begins, the doors are closed and during the balloting process no one goes out or comes in because we have to assure the number of ballots stay in the room and the security of the election. Is everybody good with that? Okay. So there will be volunteers. So I think we are ready to open up the first You must position. have your
9: badge to get a ballot. Too. Oh,
5: that's a very good point. You need to be wearing your badge to vote. We've talked about it during the week that your badge needed to have a, a dot on it. So now is not the time to realize that your dot is missing, the first position for the ACB Board of Directors is open for nominations from the floor. Madam President. I recognize a gentleman. Please identify yourself. Madam
9: President, this is Oral Miller from Washington, D.C. And uh, the purpose of uh, this presentation is to place a nomination, the name of Doug Powell, of Falls Church, Virginia, for the position of board member.
5: And Doug Powell's um, occupation? Doug is a part-time...
9: Trainer? Trainer with National (laughs) Industries
5: for the Blind. Madam President? All right, I believe I recognize Leslie um, Leslie Spoon. Spoon.
10: Yes. I would like to put um, in the name a nomination Fred Schieger from CCLVI.
5: All right, and where does Fred reside? I'm sorry? Where does he live?
10: He lives in Saratoga, Saratoga Springs, New York.
5: Saratoga Springs, New York. And, he's and in- his occupation? For work status, retired Harnessed Harness
10: horse race owner. owner.
5: Harness horse race owner. I'll say it one more time, but I think I did it three times already. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Hearing none, we will close nominations and we will proceed to hear the candidacy speeches for the two candidates. Doug, who will be speaking on your behalf since you were nominated first?
7: Thank you, Madam
9: Chair. Uh, Oral Miller will be speaking for me, and uh, Michael Fyington.
5: All right. And I believe you have a collective total of five minutes. And we will, that's between the two of you to share. And I'd like to identify who will be speaking on behalf of Fred Scheigert. Uh,
8: Leslie Spoon, President, of CCLBI, will be speaking on my behalf. Thank you. Okay.
5: And she will be your only speaker. That's perfectly acceptable. Thank you. I would encourage Michael Byington to talk very quickly in the one minute remaining.
8: <laughs> Thank you. He please. does. I want to second the nomination of Doug Powell and say that there are certain basic issues that people who move into leadership with ACB need to understand and know. The rehabilitation system, the special education system, the national industries for the blind system are all issues in all organizations where we need to have board members that have an intimate knowledge of how the system works now so we can try to keep improving it and keep it working better. Doug Powell's credentials most definitely qualify him in understanding these systems and being able to move aggressively toward improvement of them. I therefore am very proud to nominate him and I conclude.
5: Your time has expired. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> All right. We will now recognize the speaker for Fred Shiger, Leslie Spoon.
10: Thank you so much. Um, so I come I come with you guys today to talk about Fred Shiger, a wonderful man that has been involved in CCLVI, Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, for 38 years. A wonderful man, lives in Saratoga Springs. I've gotten to know him over the years, being on the board of directors for... CCLVI and now being president of CCLVI. He's a great friend. He's done the scholarships the last couple of years, I believe since 2006, the Fred Scheigert Scholarships for CCLVI. He brings three um, scholarship winners in for students. He loves students. That's his passion. I, I urge you to really get to know him and hopefully he'll be on the board of directors. Thank you so much.
5: One more time. Does anyone still have a ballot in their hand? We're done? Oh, there's one more. Couple. Almost, keep that hand up. Far back left. Okay. All right, I am assured by all our spotters, everyone's ballot has been collected. So, Mr. Secretary, proceed to the roll call.
9: Thank you, Madam President. Okay, this is again alphabetical order, like we did Saturday night. So please get to microphones um, before your state is called. It will, and your affiliate is called. I should say it will make this go a little faster. With that, here we go. Alabama, seven votes. We cast all seven votes for Doug Powell. Seven Powell. Georgia, seven.
5: Uh, Georgia, cast four votes for Shiger, three for Powell.
9: Three, Powell, for Shiger. Hawaii, three votes.
8: Uh, Hawaii, three votes. Fred.
9: Three, three, Shiger. Bluegrass, four votes.
5: Bluegrass Council, the one, cast two votes for Powell and two votes for Shiger.
9: Two Powell, two Shiger. Kentucky, 12 votes.
5: Kentucky Council of Blame votes six for Fred and six for Doug.
9: Six Powell, six Shiger. Maryland, two votes.
10: Maryland test 1.5 Shiger, 0. 0.5 Powell.
9: Okay. Point five Powell 1.5 Shiger Attorneys
8: 2 The American Association of Visually Impaired Attorneys cast one vote for Powell and one vote for Shiger Splitting it right
9: down the middle the good lawyers do one Powell one Shiger Vendors 22 25, or 22
5: for Powell
9: Twenty two Powell. Veterans two.
1: One Powell, one Shriver. One Powell,
9: one Scheiger. Madam President, that completes roll call.
5: All right. We are very, very close. Just a few more moments. And we will have the results.
10: So the grand total is five hundred and two votes for Doug Powell, one hundred and fifty nine votes for Fred Scheigert.
5: Those are the numbers. Congratulations, Doug. Uh,
7: Thank you very, very much for your vote of confidence. Uh, I will continue to listen, learn, and lead uh, as, as a Board of Director, and thank you very much.
5: We have a second position for the ACB Board of Directors on the position previously held by David Trott. Okay, Nancy's here. I will turn the mic over to Nancy to announce the results of this race. Okay. So
10: the grand total for Jeff Tom, 390.5, Fred Scheigert, 87.5, Kathy Casey, 29.5,
5: and Gretchen Maun, 154.5. Congratulations to Jeff Tom for winning the majority.
8: It is always wonderful to be able to serve this organization, but I'm equally
5: satisfied at the great race that we had and all the candidates that decided to run. I think that bodes well for the future of this organization. So thank you again. You do remember that one of the Board of Directors positions was um, won by Doug Powell. Doug Powell was a member of the Board of Publications He had an elected seat on the Board of Publications. We now therefore have a vacancy on the Board of Publications. We will proceed to the position of one-year term on the Board of Publications. Um, The floor is open for nominations for a position on the Board of Publications. Are there any nominations? Madam President. Madam President. Madam President. President. Okay. (laughs) It's me, Dan. The Dueling Spoons. Go ahead, The Dueling Spoons. I'm going to recognize Leslie.
10: (laughs) Thank you, Madam President. I'd like to put Fred Shigert in the nomination for Board of
5: Publications. Fred Shigert's name has been put into nomination. Dan Spoon. Are there any other nominations from the
7: floor? Yes, Dan Spoon. I would like to put in nomination Donna Brown from West Virginia. Donna Brown's name has been placed since... Romney, West Virginia. She is a teacher at the West Virginia School.
5: Thank you. One more time, are there any other nominations from the floor? Hearing none, all those in favor of closing nominations and moving to an election, say aye. Opposed? All right. So we have Fred Scheigert from Saratoga, New York, who's a harness horse race owner, and We have Donna Brown from Romney, West Virginia, who is a teacher at the West Virginia School for the Blind. All right. So I'm going to recognize Nancy Becker to give the results of the election.
10: Okay. So grand total for Fred Scheigert was 120 votes. Donna Brown was 529. I I, want to thank all of you for your... Uh, vote of confidence in me, and I
5: will certainly try to do everything I can to serve this organization on the Board of Publications. I also want to thank Fred Geiger for his willingness to serve in the organization and and for um, making this a race, and and I'm here for all of you. Thank you. Thank you, Donna.
0: Page 4, the Sound Prince Calendar. On July 11th, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, Savvy will hold its meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time at the Owensboro Health Park Chapel, 1006 Ford Avenue in Owensboro. Please note the change in location for this month's meeting. Sarah Swift, physical therapist, and Jan Young, group exercise instructor, will present and lead discussion regarding home safety and balance and exercise tips for all ages. For information, call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170. On July 12, the KCBPR Membership Committee will meet at 8 p.m. by conference call, 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. July 13 is the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision Support Group at United Crescent Hill Ministries, from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. in Louisville, a great activity for those who have begun experiencing vision loss or who have had vision problems for several years. For more information, call KCB at 502-895-4598. July 13 is also the next meeting of the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind at 7 p.m. by conference call, 605-475-4700, enter code 155619. On July 14, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its next roundabout, Education and Technology from 3.30 to 5, Discussion Time from 5 to 6, Dinner until 7, $5 per person, and games and crafts until 10 p.m. Please note that Bingo will not be held this evening. It's at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, and call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On July 15, there's Braille for the Sighted, a workshop at the American Printing House for the Blind from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. This is the second in the series for the summer, and it includes Braille basics and practice writing on a Braille slate and a Braille writer. Advanced students can learn about Braille contractions, whole word signs, and more. For ages 6 and up, it's free, but registration is required. Contact the museum at 502-899-2213. On July 16, the KSB Alumni Board will meet at 8 p.m. and on July 17 the kcb board will meet at 7:30 p.m. both on the conference line at 6054756006 code 294444 on july 20 the kcb convention planning committee will meet at 7:30 p.m. on the same conference line on july 21 The Statewide Rehabilitation Council will meet at the Charles McDowell Center, 8412 Westport Road in Louisville. For more information, contact Jennifer Wright at 502-564-4754. July 21 is the GLCB Roundabout, and it is packed with activities. Education and technology begin at 3.30. First Aid for Dogs, a clinic presented by the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana, from 4.30 to 6.30. Discussion Time at 5, Dinner, $5 per person at 6.30, Bingo and Crafts, 7.30 to 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 502-895-4598. July 24 is the next conference call meeting of the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky Anna. This is a membership meeting, and it's at 7 p.m., 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On July twenty-six, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will hold its next peer support group meeting. It's from 12 noon to 2 p.m. at the BCB office in Lexington, 1093 South Broadway. Call them for more information at 859-259-1834. On July 27, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have another support group from one thirty to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, 895-4598 to sign up or for details. On July 28, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have another action-packed roundabout. Education and technology begin at 3.30, discussion time at 5 Page turners, a new chance to share a book at 5.30. Dinner, $5 per person at 6. A tri-state library users meeting during dinner. Talent time, games and crafts from 7 to 10. Listen to Soundprints next week for more details on the talent time. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, call 502-895-4598 to sign up. July 29 is a Bards and Storytellers event at the American Printing House for the Blind. Learn about the music of Mac and Bob, two musicians from almost 100 years ago who were students at the Kentucky School for the Blind. You can get more details on page 2 of this week's sound prints. August 1 is the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision conference call meeting at 8 p.m., On the conference line at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. If you can't attend the in-person support group meetings, or if you are interested in low vision or recently experiencing low vision, you will want to attend this conference call. On August 3, the American Council of Blind Lions will have their August monthly meeting it's at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and it's a chance for lions who are blind or visually impaired from across the country to share ways that they are involved in their local clubs. The number is 712-432-3900, and the code is seven nine six zero nine six. On August 4 and 5, the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association will hold its 72nd Conference and Reunion. It will be held at the Ramada Inn, 1041 Zorn Avenue in Louisville. You can register by calling 502-897-1472 and make hotel reservations by calling 502-897-5101. Be sure to contact us before you make your hotel reservations so that you will have complete rate information. On August 6th, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its committee meetings, advocacy at 7 p.m., and the new Combined Education, Activities, and Technology, EAT, committee at 8 p.m. The number is 605-475-6006, and the code is 294444. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, Call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org.